The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. You guys got me to wear a suit today. Woo. Praise the Lord. Man, so many beautiful women tonight, and I'm so thrilled and privileged to be a part of this conference yet once again. So thank you for having me. Why don't you take your seats? Praise God. We're going to pray. You, you, you mind me praying? You don't mind me praying? I know you're all looking so good. I'm going to pray, and then we will get into the Word. Is that all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We give you all the praise and all of the glory. Lord, we just thank you for this awesome privilege that we can get together and get into your word and share mysteries pertaining to the kingdom of God. Open our hearts. Speak through me, Lord. Uh, Let our minds be alert and our hearts be ready to receive from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone said, Amen. Well, I'm so thrilled to be here tonight, and I just want to honor my wife for uh, carrying on with the journey of uh, having Designer Life Conferences. Yeah, I think 2014 may have been the last one we've had if uh, she carried on on that path. Amen. So we thank God uh, that she didn't give up. And uh, we also want to honor all the ladies uh, who've put in so much work to make this a success. In, a, in the middle of a pandemic, to put together a conference like this is just extraordinary, and we thank God for that. So let's just honor every person that was a part of uh, the organizing team. Amen. And we also want to welcome you and honor you for making an effort to actually look beautiful for yourself. Amen. For yourselves. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that sometimes you just have to look good for you? Amen. Not because you're trying to impress somebody, just because I want to look good. And that's what we see tonight. And hey, we're going to applaud you for that. Brothers, can you help me? Hallelujah. And we want to honor the brothers for serving so faithfully and diligently. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, quickly, let's go to Isaiah chapter number 60, verse One, we're going to be talking about uh, arising and shining. That's the theme of the conference, Arise and Shine. And this is a passage of scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter number 60. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 2. And this is what scripture says. It says, Arise, and that's your part. That's on your side of the ledger. All you have to do is arise. And it's all going to make sense uh, before we finish tonight. Amen. It says, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all uh, to see, for the glory. Someone say the glory. It says, For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Verse 2, Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. I mean, this scripture is so profound and it speaks of a time that you and I live in today. I mean, there's gross darkness that covers the entire earth. This thing called uh, COVID-19 has brought so much panic. It has caused so much uh, chaos, even in the marketplace. Amen. And so there's gross darkness 
all over the earth. He says, darkness as black as night covers all the earth and all the nations of the earth. But, someone say but. That's my favorite word in the Bible. The word but. The word but simply means forget what you just read. Now, pay attention to what you're getting ready to read. It's like if someone came to you and uh, they're trying to uh, uh, borrow some money from you. Uh, if you went on about how you just got paid, you know, I just got paid today. And not only did I get paid today, I got paid double. How many of you know that if that person says the word but, you are not getting the money? <laughs> so it doesn't matter what's before the word but. When you hear the word but, it means forget what you just heard. It's now become irrelevant. Amen? And so we know that there is gross darkness that covers the earth, but the prophet says, uh, speaking on behalf of God, and he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, but even though there is gross darkness, forget about it. You know why? Because read on. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. So tonight we're going to be talking about living or basking in the glory of the Lord. That's what we're going to be talking about. It can literally become a lifestyle to where you are just basking in the glory of the Lord. And this was just an awesome uh, study that I had to go through and the Lord was ministering to me. I thought I was preparing a sermon. I didn't realize that it was a message to me. Amen. So 90% of my teaching tonight is going to be to self. And then you all can scramble around the 10%. How many of you know that it's a good thing when the pastor likes his own sermons? Yeah. Or better yet, it's a good thing when the pastor does his own sermons. Yeah. Amen? So here we see the word glory being mentioned. And we have a promise in the word that says there is a glory that's about to rise. And this glory will shine on us. This glory will appear on us. Now, the word glory is not just a religious word that we see in the Bible. Even though the church uses it religiously, the word glory is a very practical word that you can relate with every single day of your life. Amen? I know growing up, all you thought glory was is just a chant uh, that we shout when the pastor preaches good. <laughs> glory. glory. Or when you feel something during worship. Glory. <laughs> Amen. Some of you didn't grow up in church. <laughs> like, pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. So the word glory in the Hebrew is the word kabod. Uh, spelled K-A-V-O-D. That's the word. And it has, uh, it has meant importance. It means importance. So when scripture says the glory of the Lord shall shine upon you, he's talking about there is a dignity that will begin to come on your life when you are properly positioned in Christ that will make you all of a sudden, you will, be, you will start to matter. When you walk back at work, you start to matter. Some of you thought you were attending a conference, but I'm telling you, you were attending a shift season. Oh, yeah. God was getting ready to shift you from the back room to the front room. Amen. God was getting ready to shift you from Lodeba to the palace. There's a glory that can shine on you even in the middle of a global pandemic. Amen. He says it means importance. It means weight. It means uh, difference. It means a heaviness. Uh, uh, it also means respect. Uh, it means honor. It means majesty. 
The New Testament word for the word glory is doxa, D-O-X-A, which also means the same. But as we read in Isaiah 60, uh, verse 1 and 2, it says when you arise, and we're going to show you how you arise. It says when you arise, the, the light of the Lord will begin to shine up on you. So there's going to be a change. There's going to be a transformation as you begin to position yourself with Jesus. Amen. And this is what's interesting about this word glory. If you read uh, verse 19 of Isaiah 60, I'm going to read verse 19 uh, and 20. It's talking about uh, the coming age. It says in verse uh, 19, the sun shall be no more thy light by day. Neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord. Someone say the Lord. <laughs> it says, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God shall be thy glory. So he's saying in the coming age, there's going to come a time where the sun, S-U-N, that we see during the day, is literally going to be replaced by the glory of God. So instead of us seeing light from the sun, we will literally see light from the glory of God. Now, there are two things that are very important there. One of them is that he is literally substituting the word glory uh, for the sun that we see. So essentially what he's saying is you can look at the sun, you can look at something natural that you can relate to, and it will give you a glimpse of this kind of glory that we're talking about. Amen? So here's what the, the world looks like. The, world, the earth, at least from our perspective, here's how we relate uh, to the sun. This would be the sun. I'm sure you're all getting used to my drawing. <laughs> this is the sun, right? And uh, this is the earth, right? And this is going to be you over here. Oh, no, not here. Over here. You can be over here or over here. What I'm trying to say is your positioning uh, with regards to where the sun is will determine what kind of reflection you will make when you walk on the earth. Uh, so uh, another natural thing we can use is, uh, is the moon. Anybody ever heard of the moon? What's interesting about the moon is that the moon does not generate any light of itself. What the moon simply does is it reflects the light that's coming from the sun. And that's what God has always intended for his children. He has never meant for you to generate your own power. It's called grace. It's called the gospel. He has never meant for you to try and generate your own righteousness. Oh, I thought I was going to get a better amen. He has never meant for you to try and generate power to create miracles. All of that should come from the sun, S-O-N, the son of God, who is Jesus. But the moon has to be properly positioned if it's going to reflect the sun that's coming from the sun. Just like a believer. Can I get an amen? See, when your focus, when you're over here and your focus is on the earth, all you're thinking about is COVID-19. How many of you know that you need to arise? Amen. 
And that's all God is asking of you tonight. All he's saying is, arise in your thinking. Stop thinking about your bank account. That's been letting you down. Stop keeping your focus on what's going on in the earth. Because when you do, guess what? Your positioning moves from here to over here. And when you're over here, it doesn't matter how much Jesus shines, you will never get the reflection of it. See, shining has got nothing to do with your own effort. Shining has got everything to do with your positioning. <clears throat> Amen? When you position properly in grace, all of a sudden you will begin to shine. Now, something else that's interesting about the sun, S-U-N, is that the sun in an hour produces about 430 quintillion jewels of energy. Way more than what we need in the world for a year. The sun produces it in one hour. The glory of God knows no lack. Amen? I mean, the sun produces, did you hear what I said? I said 430 what? Quintillion. Some of you don't know I used to be a quintillionaire. Yeah, some of you think I'm tripping. No, I used to be a quintillionaire. I'm not lying. All I needed was one note. Couldn't buy bread with a quintillionaire. Anyway, quintillionaire means 18 zeros. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen jewels of energy that's produced by the sun in one hour. The sun could literally power the whole earth in one hour for a year. The problem is not the glory. The problem is not the sun. The problem is our ability to capture that energy. The reason we haven't taken advantage of that sun and that energy that comes from the sun is because they say we don't have batteries big enough to store that energy. The reason why some of you have not taken full advantage of what's available in glory is not because glory is limited, it's because of your capacity. You're going to have to stop going to the ocean with a teaspoon. Amen. Some of you need to start thinking big. See, for all these years, you've been going to the uh, ocean with a teaspoon. If I can just get, uh, those of you who are single, if I can just get anything that walks on two feet. Those of you who are looking for a job, if I can just get anything anywhere where they're just hiring. Man, all you're doing is going to the ocean with a teaspoon. Do you know what it means when scripture says in Philippians chapter number 4 verse 19, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. He didn't say according to his riches over here. He said according to his riches in glory. And every time you see that word glory, I want you to start thinking 430 quintillion. That's what's available. 
even 430 quintillion is not enough to capture what's really available in glory. It's unimaginable. Go with me quickly uh, to Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 16. Let me show you something else. Someone shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, you got to do it religiously. Glory. glory. Not glory. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this is the Apostle Paul praying, and this is what he says. I'm going to read it in the NLT as well. So I'm going to read it first in the King James. And this is what it says. It says, I pray that he, he be God, would grant you according to the riches of his. Come on, you did it right. Someone over there. Someone over there did it right. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. She's going to get a prize. Okay. He says, I pray, my prayer, the Apostle Paul says, my prayer is that God would grant you according to the riches of his 430 quintillion glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, let's read it in the New Living Translation. I want you to see something there. This is going to bless you. He says, I pray that from his glorious, what's the next word? Did you read that? He says, from his glorious, what? How many of you know that God is not limited? The only thing that limits God in the equation of life is us. If you don't believe it, how many of you know that God can speak French? Anybody know? Anybody thinks God can speak French? Anybody thinks God can speak Mandarin? Here's a question. How come he doesn't speak to you in French? Because you are the limiter. You see that? God can do all these amazing things, but he's waiting on you to catch up so that you can relate at that level. And when you start releasing your faith, it all starts with positioning. Man, when you start positioning yourself over here, there's going to be a reflection on you. In fact, it happened in the Old Testament. Let's go to Exodus. Let's go to Exodus. I want to show you something. Go to Exodus with me. Oh, yes. Exodus chapter number. Uh, Exodus. Chapter number 34, we're going to read from verse uh, 29 to 35. Exodus, chapter number 34, 29 to 35. It says, when Moses came down from Mount uh, Sinai, now, here's what's interesting about Moses coming down from Mount Sinai. He's coming from a place of intimacy. You see, they would always go up the mountain to get away from all the distractions. So, uh, uh, metaphorically, going up the mountain was changing their positioning. From all the distractions, they would go up the mountain. And then they would have an intimate fellowship with the Lord. And Moses is coming down from this place now to relate with the world in the marketplace. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets uh, of the covenant of law in his hands... And he wasn't even aware of what's taking place uh, on him. And sometimes the glory of the Lord will shine on you and you won't even have an idea. It is when you start relating to others that people start saying, hey, you're changed. You're different. 
You used to be a caterpillar, but you look like a butterfly now. Can I get an amen? amen. It says, his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. See, when you start spending time with the Lord, when you start focusing on the Lord, it's all about positioning. Listen, I'm not talking about religious calisthenics. I'm not talking about fasting for 56 days. Even though that's good to work on your flesh, guess what? That's not what's going to get the glory. All you need when it comes to reflecting the glory of God is to change your positioning. Better known as changing your focus. Man, some of you read about COVID way too much. Hallelujah. Some of you read about being broke way too much. All you have to do is to change your positioning. Stop focusing on what's going on in the earth because it's blocking the glory that's already shining from reflecting off of you. Man, the grace of God is already releasing things through his through what Jesus did for us on the cross. Amen? Infinite riches available for all of us. Watch what it says in verse 30. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses and his face was radiant, they were afraid to come uh, near him. Oh, man, this is good. But Moses called to them, and so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him. And he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites that he, uh, what he had been commanded. And when they saw that his face was radiant, then Moses would put a veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. See, Moses had a promotion. Moses had an increase of influence over his life. Why? Because he spent time with the Lord. Why? Because he positioned himself to only focus on the Lord. Listen, there are some things that begin to happen in your life when you make a sole decision that I'm going to be positioned to focus on grace. I'm going to be positioned to focus on glory. I'm going to be positioned to focus on Jesus, the Son. And as you focus on the Son, that's what the Bible says. It says we should live our lives looking unto who? Unto Jesus who begins to author our lives. And whenever Jesus authors our lives, he authors it in victory. Amen. I said amen. So there are some things that begin to happen in your life as you focus uh, on glory. And uh, now quickly, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 verse 18. So carnality has to get out of the way. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 18. I mean, if you thought that that was impressive, what happened to Moses at Mount Sinai, watch what happened here. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory 
are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory. See, Moses' glory was a fading glory. Because after a certain season, Moses would have to go up to reload on that glory again. Now, you and I have a different kind of glory. Once we are positioned here, Scripture declares that it's an ever-increasing glory. Which comes from the who? The Lord, who is the Spirit. Listen, this glory is not coming from you. It's not coming from what you do. It comes from what Jesus did for us on the cross. And for many, many years, people have been trying to capture this glory in their own strength, and they keep missing it. So what will this glory do for you? Number one, if you're writing down notes, number one, it makes you reflect all that Jesus is and has. What that means is, identification becomes a reality. You will begin to identify, watch this now, with Tim Jesus. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. You begin to identify with Tim Jesus and not Tim COVID. Man, I like to identify with Tim Jesus, not Tim COVID. That could be someone's name, Tim COVID. Like a basketball player, Tim COVID. Man, can you imagine this happening in 2085? And someone is listening to this sermon and there is really a Tim COVID dominating the game. I'll be like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> Listen to what it says in Ephesians uh, chapter number 2 from verse 4 to 7. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together. Someone say together. He says, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together. Someone say together. It says he raised us up together. I want you to pay attention to these words. It's about to get really good. Made us sit together. Someone say together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it says he made you alive together with Jesus. Someone shout I am alive. alive. Together Together. with Jesus. The second thing he says is, he raised us up together. Someone say, I, am, I have resurrected power, I have resurrected power. In, me in me with Jesus. With Jesus. He says, he made us sit together. Someone shout, I am seated in heavenly places together with Jesus. He says in verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us, in Christ Jesus. Listen, he says, when you receive Jesus and you're positioned in grace in your thinking, these things become a reality to you. They are already a reality legally, but they have to become a reality vitally. What I mean by that is, legally, Jesus has already made you sit with him in heavenly places, but it has to become real to you. That's the, 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 the principle of identification. You now identify with everything that Jesus did. Some of you still don't get it. Let me bring it closer to home. I remember visiting uh, the U.S. Uh, for a few years, and uh, the one time, actually, we were with uh, Dillian Marua Tinashe, 
I think Henry was with us in Los Angeles, and I didn't know not to wear a New York Giants cap preaching at a church in Los Angeles. So I'm preaching at a church in Los Angeles with a New York Giants cap. I didn't even know what it meant. And so I'm preaching good. And someone said, sitting in the front, they said, but, but you have a New York Giants cap. And I said, wait a minute, does it matter? You say, yeah, it, it really does matter when you're in Los Angeles. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. I said, okay, so which team do you have out here? You know, I mean, I was just wearing a cap because I liked the cap, okay? I didn't know what it represented. In fact, I had, both te- I had opposing team caps. I didn't even know what it represents. So they said, man, uh, our team here is no good. If you're going to pick a team, you have to really do your research and pick a team that's really good. So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So a few years went on by, and I did my research. And finally, I decided I was going to pick the New England Patriots. Now, none of you know anything about these boys, but they win championships all the time. And so I decided I was going to go with the New England Patriots. And I went and I bought my New England Patriots cap. And I kid you not, the next time I bumped into someone in the streets, they showed me some respect. (laughs) Because of who I was identifying with. You won't believe what they said to me. They said to me, I mean, I had just picked this cap, walking out the store, bumped into someone, and they literally said to me, oh, yeah, I remember when you beat us in 2004. I said, wait a minute. I hadn't even picked the team in 2004. But guess what? Because now I'm running with Team Patriots, all of their victories have now been credited to me. And that's what happens when you start running with Team Jesus. You could get born again today. And you're already positioned in glory. As you walk outside, the demons start trembling. They start saying, hey, he is the one who beat us 2,000 years ago. Why? Because I picked the right team. I mean, you should listen to some of these brothers talking about their teams uh, at the bride. I mean, these guys, they'll be talking about, oh, yeah. We bought Neymar for 180 million pounds. And I'm sitting there thinking, you bought Neymar for 180 million pounds. I didn't see 18 million pound tithes. (laughs) But you know why they can say that? It's the principle of identification. So, child of God, don't be afraid to look the devil in the face and say, we beat you 2,000 years ago. Don't be afraid to tell him. When it's time for us to evict him, see, some of you act like you don't really belong to Arsenal Football Club. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you don't, we're going to get you saved before we leave this place. Man, you really have to have a conviction about which team you are a part of. Someone shout, I'm a part of Team Jesus. Therefore, what we accomplished is also credited to my account. That's why this Bible says right now you are seated in heavenly places. It's using the law of identification because that's the team you now belong to. So when you're positioned in glory... Everything changes. 
you start to relate more and more with your true identity, and it becomes a reality. Number two, if you write in down notes, when you are positioned in glory, it makes you attractive. It makes you attractive. If you read in Isaiah chapter number 60, verse 3, it begins to tell you what this glory will do. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 60, verse 3. Watch what it says. It says, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. Listen, when you start shining this kind of glory, you won't have to chase people around. Where are you going? Can I come too? He says, no. Did you read that? He says, the Gentiles will come to your light. All you have to do is to get some light on you and people will be chasing you around. See, when you're over here, you keep bumping into losers. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Any single ladies in the house? Oh, my single ladies. Oh, my single ladies. Put your hands up. When you're over here, pastor, there are no eligible bachelors out there. Pastor, it's hot. You know what? Get up. Get on up. When you get on up, there's a light. There's a shine that comes up on you. It says the Gentiles shall come to your light. And the kings, people of influence, to the brightness of thy rising. You won't have to chase people around. You won't have to manipulate people. All you have to do is to be positioned in glory and it changes everything. Man, your name will be brought up in tables where kings sit. Amen. I said amen. And when you go to those tables of influence, you won't have to bring your own chair. And some of you have to bring your own camp chair. It's like, okay. They invited me to the boardroom, but yeah, I need a camp chair. No, no, no. Someone shout, I won't need my own chair. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. The third thing that begins to happen when you are positioned in glory is this. Uh, it makes you a problem solver. When you keep your eyes on glory, you keep your eyes on Jesus, you move over here and you keep your eyes on the Son, S-U-N, the Son of God, it makes you a problem solver. Glory comes with the ability uh, to solve problems. You will only be remembered for two things in life. When you're gone 300 years from today, you will only be remembered for two things. Number one, the problems you created, and number two, the ones you solved. That's it. That's it. Did you hear what I said? You only be remembered for two things, the problems you created and the ones you solved. Someone shout, I'm a problem solver. <laughs> Creativity flows through his glory. You are not called to the ministry of copy and paste. God hasn't called any of his children to the ministry of copy and paste. You don't have to sing like somebody else. You don't have to preach like somebody else. You don't have to live your life like somebody. God has called you to cut a new path. But for you to cut a new path, you're going to have to be positioned in glory. And as you are positioned in glory, this is where the downloads are. You know, you see these people that write amazing songs and you wonder where they get them from. They are positioned 
here to get the downloads. When you're positioned here, man, it says that there's going to be a light that shines on you, and it's going to be a reflection wherever you go. Amen? Let's go to Judges, chapter number 7, from verse 1 to 8. How much time do I have? Five minutes? Oh, Lord. We have to speed it up. It says in Judges, chapter number 7, from verse 1 to 8, this is the story of Gideon. Uh, the Midianites were coming against uh, Gideon uh, and his people. And this is what happened. It says in uh, verse 1, early in the morning, uh, Jerub Baal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. So Gideon is getting ready to go against the Midianites, a hundred, over 120,000 strong. And Gideon shows up with about uh, 32,000 men. And the Lord said to him, you have too many men. Did you hear the numbers I told you? The opposition had 120,000 people. Gideon had 32,000 men. The Lord looked at Gideon and he said, you have too much going on. You have too many men. We need to cut that down. And so he says, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Uh, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So Gideon went up. And he said to the nation, if you are afraid, out of the 32,000, took the microphone, if you are afraid, go home. 22,000 left. You're going against 120,000. If you are afraid, leave. 22,000. You know what? I was kidding. Please come back. <laughs> 22,000 left. You know why? The Lord can't do much with someone who's fearful. Can I get an amen? The Lord can't do much with someone who's fearful. The Lord is always looking for someone who's bold. The Lord is always looking for someone who will trust him. The Lord is always looking for someone who's willing to take the faith risks. Someone who's ready to get out of the boat and walk on water. Some of you say, but what if it doesn't work? What if it works? Yeah. Someone who's ready to take on Goliath. The Lord can't do much with people who are fearful. The Lord can't do much with people who are positioned here, focusing on the earth and letting the earth send signals of anxiety. Is that how you spell it? And anxiety. Remember what Matthew 6, 33 says? It says we must seek First, not here. He says we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. There's going to be a flow from the earth to your life when you begin to seek first. All we, need, all we should be doing as God's children is to be seeking first, making God a priority in our lives. And as we do that, man, I'm telling you, God uh, can use us. So 22,000 left. But the Lord said to Gideon, verse 4, there are still too many. Listen, I thought 32,000 was little. The Lord still comes back and says, hey, 10,000 that are left are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. See, when you lose people in your life, sometimes it's the thinning of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Man, that, that could be a nice sermon, the thinning of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. As they walk out, man, help them out. And say, you must not know about me. You must not. Okay, all right. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. Man, I really am preaching to my single ladies. I'm trying to help you. I really am trying to help you. I want you. Ooh, yes. I can never neither you by tomorrow. He says, take them down to the water and I'll thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go, with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the man down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as dogs lapped from those who kneel down to drink. So there was a, a two-way uh, 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 to drink water here. There was a, two different ways to do it. The first one was to lap. As you drink, you, you scoop the water and you lap it from your hands while looking, still looking at glory. See, you can't keep your eyes off of glory. Even while you're drinking water. Drinking water is a necessity, just like going to work is a necessity. But we should never keep our eyes off of glory because we are all of a sudden doing something that's become more important than what we should be focusing on. As we were getting married, I told my wife, I said, in my life, I don't know if there's anything more important than preaching the gospel. And I still stand by that. I don't know of anything that's more important. And Pastor Henry and I, we've, we've talked about it, and we've both said, you know what? I don't, you know what? We tried to, to do a ledger, and we still say, there is nothing more important than preaching the gospel. That's the single most important thing in the earth today. And in November, we're actually going on a tour, a Grace in the Marketplace tour, where we're going to be preaching the gospel. Amen. Praise the, praise the Lord. And we are taking, we are literally using up all of the resources in our U.S. account uh, into that conference. Because I looked at that bank balance, it's fat. It could have given me a little bit of ego. But I was like, what's good is paper just sitting in a bank account. Let's put it to good use. What's the best use? Put it in the preaching of the gospel. So we're going to be on the, on the road for the entire month of November. About 12 of us are going to be on the road. Some of the guys here that, you know, help with all the good stuff that they do. We're going to be on the road. Durban, Kimberley, Cape Town, come back with a bang. There's nothing more important than keeping your eyes on Jesus. And so he said, those who drink with their eyes still on the kingdom... They are the ones that are fit for the work at hand. But those who get consumed by doing what's necessary. Drinking water is necessary. It's important. It's essential. But don't get consumed in it. Amen. So many responsibilities that we have that are essential. But they should never, ever make us lose sight of what's important or what's a priority in our lives. The only real priority is keeping our eyes on Jesus. And as we do that, man, we will win any battle that we are confronted with. And so Gideon ended up with uh, 300 men. And he went 
against 120,000 plus men with only 300 men. And God wrought the greatest victory in Gideon's life. How did God do it? God did it with 300 who could be positioned in glory. And when you are positioned in glory, all of the resources, how much? 430 quintillion is at your disposal. So you thought you were going against uh, 120,000 with only 300. No, you're going against 120,000 with 300 plus 430 quintillion. So you're on the winning side. So even if, if it was you, 1 plus 430 quintillion is still winning. See, when you start looking at things from a spiritual perspective, you walk around shouting, I am a winner. Did you see what I did? I changed my accent. See, when I'm serious, my accent is to get real African. <laughs> Not I'm a winner. That's, that sounds cheesy. You know, that, uh, it's weak. I am a winner. Yes. Hallelujah. And the last thing is here. Uh, when you're positioned in glory, glory makes you bold. Someone shout, I'm bold. I'm bold. Notice I didn't say it makes you arrogant. Notice I didn't say it makes you pushy. No, I didn't say any of that. I said it makes you bold. Why? Because glory makes you sure. See, when you're in glory, it's not guesswork. It's a sure thing. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. We're going to read from verse 11 uh, to 12. Woo, this is good. This is help you? Someone shout, I'm positioned. For unlimited resources of heaven. I'm positioned for unlimited riches of his mercy. See, whenever you think God is angry at you, think 430 quintillion. How are you going to exhaust 430 quintillion riches of his mercy. That doesn't even capture how much is available at your disposal. His mercies are new every single morning. Just like the sun is consistently producing energy, God is consistently producing love and showing love for you. How are you going to exhaust that? Man, we just have to th change our thinking. Amen? amen. Said amen. amen. It says in uh, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 11. For if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater? Did you see that? It says Moses said something, and it was glorious. But now when we flip the page and come to you, how much greater is the glory of that which endures? Man, the glory that's on you and me is not a glory that's fading. Well, some of you doubt that. Let's break down a little bit uh, and read from verse uh, 7. 2 Corinthians 3 from verse 7. This is good. It says, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Holy Spirit not be more glorious? You and I have the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, 
the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. He's talking about you. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Thank you, Jesus. And he says in verse 18, But we all with, un with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror of the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Amen. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And he says over there in verse 12 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Someone shout, I'm bold. Man, there's a boldness that comes on you when you're positioned over here. When uh, there was COVID-19 during the lockdown, level five, uh, you know, we put out uh, a, a message that our message was just, hey, we're opening church. That was our message. You know, I shared with some of our leaders that we're not going to put anything more than that because that's what we're doing. We're opening church. People want to come, and they're going to come and have an encounter with Jesus. We don't want anyone to be reckless, come to church, wear your mask, do whatever you have to do. But we're not going to put out a long thing and, and try to make you comfortable over sanitizer and mask because that's not really where it's at. Where it's at is over here. See, I'm so, I'm so basking in the glory. There was a soccer player uh, just two days ago, three days ago. He tested positive. His name is Latan Ibrahimov. You must go Google him. He tested positive for COVID-19 and he put on Instagram, please pray for COVID-19. He said, I tested positive for COVID-19. Please pray for That should be you and I. You know why? Because we're reflecting the glory of God. Whatever touches you that's not of God dies instantly because you're positioned in glory. Man, we're not over here. We're over there. We behold him with open faces. We can go into the throne room of grace with boldness and obtain help in times of need. Man, our family, uh, my wife and I, thought that we were crazy because we were busy traveling. Just before we were traveling, and I mean, people were calling us, saying, hey, you're going to England? That's where it's crazy in England. And they said, man, you're going to America? And it never occurred to us that, you know, there was something going on until they brought our attention to it. You know why? Because our eyes have always been fixed on glory. And that's how God wants you and I to live. And this was just practice session. You thought COVID-19 was something? It was just practice session. Because Jesus already told us. He said there's going to be pandemics, plural. He said there's going to be uh, uh, all kinds of stuff coming. And man, I'm telling you, the future is going to be all crazy. But those who are positioned in glory are going to have tons of fun. I told the, you know, when I'm hanging out with the boys, I always pick the wildest scenario to shake them a little bit. I said, you think COVID is something? They said, yeah. I said, Pastor Henry, there's something else coming that you just breathe in the air just, and you're out. <laughs> I said, bro, what are you going to do with that one? See, you can't hide because it's the oxygen. And there's something else that's coming that's going to be in the water. You just open a bottle of water, you drink the water. Pass out. <laughs> what you going to do with that one? 
you might finally realize it's important to stand on Scripture. If I drink any deadly poisonous thing, it shall by no means harm me. So we don't stand on the purity of water. We stand on the purity of his word. We don't stand on the purity of water. We stand on the strength of his promises. What Jesus paid for on the cross is way stronger than anything that can confront a believer. This is why while they were stoning Stephen, he still looked unto them and said, Lord, please forgive them. How do you get to that level? Because you have an encounter with something way stronger than what you're going through. This ain't a game. Real life. Go with me to Acts 4, 13 as we close. Acts 13. Acts 4, verse 13. <clears throat> this is what happened to the early church. It says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. This kind of glory is available for unschooled, ordinary people. Amen. It's for everybody. It's not for the apostles, uh, the, the prophets. It's not for the bishops. It's not for the doctors. It's for everybody. When they realized that these men were unschooled and unlearned. See, some of, some of the uh, greatest writers of music haven't gone to music school. They've just learned how to position themselves here and download Waymaker, miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Write that down. Play it. And then the people who went to music school, nah, it doesn't make musical sense. Hey, play it. No, it doesn't make any musical. Well, record it. You record it, you put it out there. Man, it's the number one song played in the world. Coming out of Lagos, Nigeria. How wild can it get? How radical do you want it? He says, when they realized that these men were unschooled and ordinary men, they marveled and took note that these men had been with Jesus. These men were positioned to spend time with the Lord, to keep their eyes on the Lord. And they said, did that? Man, I'm telling you, there was a boldness that came on them. And it didn't come from their uh, CV." It didn't come from their resume. It didn't come from their qualifications. It didn't come from uh, uh, the color of their skin. It didn't come from their nationality. It didn't come from any of that. It came from one thing and one thing only. It came from spending time with Jesus. And I'm telling you, when you spend time with Jesus, there's a radical transformation that takes place. There's creativity that begins to flow uh, into your life. Amen? Amen. I said, amen. amen. You know, I, I didn't go to business school, but I'm telling you, I wrote a book that might be used in business schools in the future. And then they will say, oh, yeah, he was ordinary and unschooled. Where did he get the boldness to write that in the book? Oh, yeah, we know why. He decided he was going to spend time with Jesus. He decided his positioning was over here, looking unto Jesus and not on what's going on in the earth. So as we go out tonight, I want to encourage you with this. Why don't we stand on our feet? I want to encourage you with this. There's so much going on. There's going to be so much going on uh, 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 in, in life. But make a decision to be one, like one of the 300 who Gideon picked to go to battle with. In fact, it wasn't Gideon who picked them. It was the Lord who picked them. You know why? Because they kept their eyes on the right thing. 
I want you to make a bold commitment tonight that I'm going to keep my eyes on the right thing and on one thing only. And that one thing is Jesus. I'm going to position myself to look unto Jesus, the author and the finish of my faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray especially for those who've had a past. There's a, there's a few people here. I want to pray for you. There's a few people who've had a past of gross disappointment. Some of you in the marketplace. Some of you in, in, in your family with regards to relationship and relating uh, to uh, another person of the opposite sex, dating, a relationship, gross disappointment. And it's affecting the way you look at life. The Lord is saying to you tonight that healing is in the room. That His glory is available to heal every broken heart. There's someone watching tonight who's saying, yeah, that's me, Tavara. I've had gross disappointment. And I'm done with people. But let me tell you, God is opening a new leaf of life for you. It's time for you to trust again. It's moving you into a first level of glory. And as you step in, it's going to be from glory unto glory. Father, we thank you this morning for these, your beautiful children. Lord, we thank you, Father, that there is a, there is a glory that's in this room right now. I pray, Father, that it is, it, is, it is covering them all over. Lord, I thank you that as they walk out of this place, they came in one way and they're walking out another way. There's a glory you've smeared on them. Smear your anointing on them. That as they go out, they may become attractive. In the marketplace, they're going to be the ones to be picked first. Lord, I thank you right now that there is an optimization spiritually. There is an optimization where their name is going all the way to the top. The name of their business is going all the way to the top. The name of their uh, uh, resume is going all the way to the top. Uh, their contract all the way to the top. Their tender application all the way to the top. There is a spiritual optimization taking place right now in the name of Jesus because your glory is in the room and we are positioned for it. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that we are being conformed into the same image as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We identify is victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we worship Jesus, as you lift up the name of Jesus, man, I'm telling you, there's a glory that descends onto your life. Thank you, Lord. 
We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.